Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show, Combine Leftovers. Looking back at what the general manager and head coach had to say and whether we can connect any dots. But first, our reaction to Russell Wilson leaving the division. Just how dramatically have things changed in the NFC West? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 542, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. A day later, and I'm still in shock. MJ, we always hear off-season. Oh, this quarterback can move to that team. And how many different places will this quarterback perhaps be linked to in the different movements of quarterbacks in the offseason? And it never happens. Now, in two offseasons, last year it was Matthew Stafford. This year, it's Russell Wilson. Yet this one, this one feels different to me. And I don't know if it's because it's within the division or it's a fact that I think, based off resume, Russell Wilson is far superior at this point or going into last season than a Matthew Stafford. Yeah, you know, being in the business as long as we have, you know, there's not a lot of times the wow factor. Now, getting a chance to work for the organization where anybody gets released, they have interest in this guy, and just we'll we'll say it, anybody gets released, they're going to look at the film and make a decision. It always comes down to fit, and and, and obviously their their contracts, but – Yesterday was a wow factor for me. It's rare that you get surprised. Like, really genuinely surprised by a move within the National Football League. Because stuff gets leaked in, you know, this report, and then maybe later on or a couple of days later. But out of nowhere, and I'll go back to DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals acquiring him. Wow factor. J.J. Watt all of a sudden reporting his own news. Now he's an Arizona Cardinal. So that was a wow factor. This this kind of is on that same level. And look, <laughs> I'm not upset. In fact, I'm probably like a lot of Cardinal fans. I'm celebrating the fact that Russell Wilson is no longer in the NFC West division. He's, it's good news for the Cardinals. Yes, and that's part of the uh, doing business. Now, you know, the thing is he's been a thorn in the Cardinals' um, side for – I mean, really more at home than on, and uh, 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 more in Glendale than it was in Seattle. I mean, it's weird how both teams would play better, but I can't. I'll, I'll never forget that night. Or that it was a Thursday night game, maybe against the Seahawks, and maybe that was the Marshawn Lynch game where he grabbed his crotch. And I just couldn't believe. Like, and and usually when the Thursday night crews here, they have a, a set on, and there was. All the twelves, all the twelves were in that, and that bothers me. Like it happened with the minutes, um, another game, the Packers game. It's like you don't come to our house like that. And but he's been a thorn in the Cardinals' uh, side for years, and you know they are going to play him though. One, at least it's not twice a year, and we won't see him for four, uh, the next four years. Cardinals play at Denver next season, so Russell Wilson in that Broncos uniform. The Cardinals will see him. His record against the Cardinals. 11-8-1. and one. 
second most wins against any opponent. He's 16-4 and against the 49ers. His career, his Seahawks career, began and ended at State Farm Stadium. And we talked about that regular season finale. Seahawks coming to town, and Darren Urban on azcardinals.com wrote, hey, you know, remember his first game was in this stadium. Potentially, could this be his last? And it was a talking point, but did we ever really think that the Seahawks would trade away a franchise quarterback? Because this does not happen a lot. A Super Bowl-winning quarterback does not get traded. Well, just based on... Um, the injury and, and the fact that you didn't know if Pete Carroll was going to retire, we didn't know. I mean, so, and they definitely went with the youth movement when it comes to their defensive side. Um, they've they've definitely turned the page on, on prior coaches. They a went, complete overhaul of their defensive staff. To a younger staff where the head coach is 70, and then last year they bring in a new offensive coordinator, he's young. No, when Wilson and his agent gave four or five teams last year, I – you know, maybe over the last couple of weeks when uh, – well, actually, when Pete Carroll will talk about what he said at the Combine because, you know, you know the Washington Commanders, they offered three first-round picks. They didn't get three here. They got two twos, two ones. Two ones, two twos, twos, a fifth, plus three players, including Drew Locke, which right. we can get into momentarily. Right, but maybe, you know, after what Pete Carroll said, man, I thought, uh, you know, he didn't want – they didn't want to trade him to Washington. A, it's the same conference, and seems like they – I mean, they got a good defense, but, you know, they should compete in that division. So it wasn't like he has to win 15, 14 games. It's them and the Cowboys and the Eagles, right? Correct. Right now. So, But I, I, I thought at the end of the year this could be it for him. But, I, but the last couple of weeks I start reading the tea leaves. Now, let's go back to the combine. Pete Carroll was asked about this. And this is – in somebody leaked the Washington thing, so that all of a sudden you probably think if you're Denver – and you don't get Aaron Rodgers, we got a backup plan. That happens so quick. Well, the transactions or the reporting of all this on Tuesday happened within hours of each other. But this has been in the works. And I do believe yeah. the Broncos were waiting on Aaron Rodgers. Or In the meantime, hey, if we can't get Aaron Rodgers, let's make sure we have a backup plan. So now you're talking on two fronts. It wasn't like, oh, Aaron Rodgers made his decision to return to Green Bay, and then all of a sudden the Broncos picked up the phone and called the Seahawks. It doesn't work that way. One one had nothing to do with the other. They had their they had their hands on both as far as if we couldn't get one, we'll try the other and vice versa. That's what I think with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and, you know, Nathan Hackett, um, he's going to bring that offense that he had with um, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. I mean – it's going to be fascinating in that division. I mean, you're going to see Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes twice a year, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. Now, best division in football with respect to the quarterback. Quarterbacks, position. correct. Because Derek Carr, I know he gets <laughs> he gets a lot of heat, but he is the worst quarterback in that division, yet I do think still a very capable franchise quarterback. Yeah, and considering all the, um, the, the clouds hanging over them last year, they made the playoffs. I mean – play here and a play there. They could have beat the Cincinnati Bengals on the road, but didn't happen. But, yeah, he's going to sign, I think I read, three years, $100 million, so $33 million a year. And that tells me that Josh McDaniels and the new general manager, they've signed off on this watching film and feel like, you know, that maybe what's behind door number two does not – it's not an upgrade. So, yeah, um, the, the AFC is loaded, though. 
I mean, we talk about these young quarterbacks. I mean, Buffalo, I think if, if Lamar Jackson can stay healthy, you know, you got to think New England's going to be in the race, just whether they win the division or not. Um, they got to get some, some more weapons for uh, Mac Jones. So, yeah, it's fascinating. But um, the Seahawks do play the, the Broncos, so I'm th- assuming that's going to be a primetime game. I've heard people talk about week one maybe on Monday Night Football. Would you try to save that? Well, you want to kick off the season. Yeah, you, you and want it's to come an out of the conference game versus a conference game. Yeah, it's it's yeah, but they're Denver's going to be on. They're going to get a lot of primetime games. Look, it's not just us here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, that are surprised and shocked by this. Buda Baker on Twitter. <laughs> Born and raised in Washington, I would have never thought Russell Wilson was going to be on another team. From ditching school and going to the Super Bowl parade in high school to intercepting his football in an NFL game, thank you, Seattle Russ. Props to Buda Baker, who we all know grew up in the Seattle area. So this I didn't know he ditched school, though. I, that was that, I like that part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. I actually had to go back because I've heard – talking heads on national television say this is the biggest trade in NFL history. One of the biggest biggest trades in NFL history. Yeah, Schefter, I thought he said it was a blockbuster or one of the best or biggest. And I, I had to go back. All right, name me the last Super Bowl winning quarterback to be traded. And off the top of my head, I actually had to go back and do some research, but off the top of my head, the first name that came to mind was Joe Montana. Now that's going back a ways. Now, you look at Joe Montana those last couple of seasons with the 49ers, he wasn't starting. Steve Young was. Now, looking it up online, Brett Favre was traded. Now, he had retired, wanted to come back, and the Packers said, no, no, no. We've got Aaron Rodgers. We'll trade you. Then he played for the Jets in Minnesota. So those two don't compare to Russell Wilson because, one, he's still he's a starter. He still has at least maybe three, four, five, six years left, if not more. So he is still a, playing at a very high, high level. And it's interesting. Teams don't give up players of that caliber. They don't give up. They don't trade away star players. And the Seattle Seahawks did for one reason or another. And now it gets me thinking about what's going on here in our own backyard. Because when you do not have a franchise quarterback – you do not have a chance. I referenced it. The Broncos, 11 different quarterbacks since Peyton Manning retired. And now, if you're the Cardinals, granted, there's a lot of noise. And I get it. I've gone back and forth on this. But to not have a franchise quarterback, do you really want to go back to the days before Carson Palmer or the days after Carson Palmer. Okay, that's that's the scary thing when you do not have a quarterback capable of winning double-digit games. Okay, so they moved here in 1988. Neil Lomax. If he would have been able to stay healthy, I think he would have had a really nice career. Obviously, a hip injury. Fast forward. They've only had really three good quarterbacks: Jake Plummer, Carson Palmer, Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner, and now Kyler Murray. 1988. You talked about 11. Yeah, I mean, I think if I look at the top 15 teams in the league and there's 17 teams that if they don't have that quarterback, they're not able they're not going to be able to win. And 
you know, you look at Jacksonville, well, they got a rookie quarterback. The Bears got a rookie quarterback, or second-year quarterback. The Panthers are trying to find a quarterback. Um, I got to think they're going to move on from Matt Ryan. The Commanders, they're willing to spend any money on a quarterback. Saints need a quarterback. Dolphins, sounds like Mike McDaniel is, uh, is, is, is on board with Tua. And then you throw in the Raiders, they got a quarterback. Buccaneers don't have a quarterback. Steelers don't have a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, there's like 12 teams. And then, you know, the Browns, they're probably going to bring in some competition. Yeah. I mean, it's, but but the, the key is the top teams, Bills, Packers, Chiefs, 49ers, Broncos, Rams, Ravens, Bengals, Cowboys, Chargers, Titans, Cardinals, all have quarterbacks. And that's why they are in the top 14. The next team is the Colts. They don't have a quarterback. In the NFC, just looking at the NFC alone, now that Russell Wilson is gone, the top quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and then either Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan. And I would say there's Aaron Rodgers at the top, a little bit of a drop-off, Matthew Stafford, a little bit of a drop-off, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott I'd probably put on the same level. And then, again, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan. Now, neither one of those are world beaters, but when you have a quarterback like that, you have a chance on Sundays. Now, are those quarterbacks, when you're on the third, fourth tier, capable of making a sustained playoff run or getting you into the Super Bowl? That's the question. But it's, I tell you, it, it's a scary proposition when you do not have someone capable under center or in shotgun formation, regardless of the skill set, because Kyler Murray has a skill set unlike any other, yet you can win with a drop-back quarterback, i.e. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. But when you do not have that, what do you have? How do you win? That's the question, and that's the fear that I know a lot of Cardinal fans have regarding this Kyler Murray situation. Now, he is under contract and under control for several seasons, but can you afford to lose him? That, to me, is something that is going to be debated and will be until we do have something materialized, which I do think personally, MJ, something does get done between quarterback and team before the start of training camp. Yeah, and, and again, just to protect themselves to, on May 3rd, they'll pick up his fifth-year option. It calls for about $28, 29000000 million. He's already made thirty-five. Um, obviously, there's an issue with his base salary for this year, but um, again, he's made $36 million guaranteed. So I do think something's going to get done. I, I would put him ahead of Dak Prescott. Now, so let's look at the conference as a whole. Packers, they own that division. So the Vikings are playing for basically a wild card, right? Yes. Is Detroit ready to make that next jump? I mean, they're a tough team. And then the Bears were rolling with a new coaching staff and a second-year quarterback. Let's go to the uh, to the Buccaneers. They don't have a quarterback, um, but they still have good players. Um, the Saints, they don't have a quarterback. New head uh, Promoted from within, Dennis yeah. Allen now. And then you, you then you look at um, Atlanta. I mean, they're going to be better in the future, but at some point they're going to have to pass the baton from Matt Ryan to somebody else. And it wouldn't surprise me if they took a guy in the second round just to kind of groom. And then, you know, then you look at the Panthers. Um, Matt Rule's got to win. And they they would they would draft a quarterback possibly just to save him some time. And then you, you, you look at the, um, um, I guess, the NFC East. I think the Cardinals are the top four team in the conference, and I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't – unless they're bombarded with injuries and they happen in camp or they just 
just don't have the same chemistry, and, and I don't think that's going to be the, uh, the reason. But this team should not take a step back. And you feel that confident because of who your quarterback is. Yes. And when you have a quarterback, again, we talk about it all the time, and every team, you gave the list, every team is looking for that quarterback and spending either top dollar or draft capital on trying to get that quarterback and why the Denver Broncos went out and gave up a lot. The Rams gave up a lot. You need a quarterback in this league. And regardless of what happens on the field, off the field, like him, don't like him, the talent is there. So I keep coming back to Kyler Murray because I see now what the Seattle Seahawks are going to be facing, and it's nothing against Drew Locke or whether they do something with that ninth overall pick or draft a quarterback, but still, the Cardinals are sitting pretty compared to a lot of teams in the National Football League. Let's go back to the Super Bowl um, between the uh, Buccaneers and the Chiefs. Russell Wilson wins the – Walter Payton, Man of the Year Award. He's sitting in the press box with Roger Goodell. And he's steaming and fuming because he looks at the talent on both of those teams. And Mike Sando, I thought he had a good point. He wants to be the next Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. He, he, Russ, Russell says he wants to win three or four Super Bowls. We'll see what happens. But Tom Brady started this. <laughs> he did. Now, this is a trade like Matthew Stafford. But Brady goes to a new team, win a Super Bowl. Stafford goes to a new team, wins the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson goes to a new team, and the expectations are Super Bowl or bust. And that's a tough AFC West, though. Now you got to just try to get into the dance, regardless of when the division or right, not, just because, get into the dance. I mean, they're going to beat each other all up. So is somebody going to be 10 and 6 or 10 and 7, uh, 11 and 6? Um, and then who's going to be the wild card? You know, you got to figure the Bills in Cincinnati unless they take a step back. You know, Pittsburgh, I think the Ravens with a healthy Lamar Jackson, um, they, they have, they're well coached even though they changed coordinators. Uh, in Pittsburgh, I mean, as long as – I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be a great spot for Pitts, for the Steelers. Run the ball, doesn't – I mean, doesn't have to, you know, throw the ball down the field. They got Nigel Harris. They got T.J. Watt. So I would think Pittsburgh would have interest in, in, in Jimmy Garoppolo. The Russell Wilson news, not the only news concerning the Seattle Seahawks. Later on Tuesday, March 7th, another tweet from ESPN's Adam Schefter. Bobby Wagner reportedly going to be released. There is, we talked about the coaching staff and an overhaul this offseason. There is a roster overhaul now, out with the old, in with the new, because now I believe there is not a single Seattle Seahawks player that played in their last Super Bowl. That was, I think, the last two were Wagner and Wilson. Yeah. So that and door Bo- And Bobby Wagner, the way he was talking, remember, he didn't play in that last game because, obviously, it sounded like he wanted to continue his career in Seattle. Now, he doesn't have an agent, so technically his phone could be ringing right now. And it's just a matter of whether he wants to pick it up or not. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's probably thinking I'm going to a contender. I, I, we lost a lot of games in the last two years, but yeah, I mean, he doesn't have an agent, um, so literally teams can call him right now and try to bring him in. I mean, again, it's what is what is the fit and how much you paying are going to pay me, but there'll be a market out there for him. It is going to be a brand new. Seattle Seahawks team that the Arizona Cardinals see in 2022. Yeah, and that's why now they have the ninth overall pick, and I would think they would take Malik Willis, but they don't have anybody on defense. So I would think if one of those edge rushers um, dropped a nine 
and this is one thing that's going to be different in Denver than Seattle. Denver has a really good offensive line. And they got now Melvin Gordon is a free agent, but they got Javante Williams there. Um, they got speed on the outside, but their offensive line is night and day. So they'll be able to protect him. And if he wants to hold the ball, he may not have to run as much, but their offensive line is much better. It's a good deal for Russell Wilson. Is it a good deal for the Seattle Seahawks? And I think a lot depends on what they do with those draft picks. Two number ones, two number twos, a fifth. No, excuse me. Two number ones, two number twos. Yeah, a fifth and then plus three players, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. So two and, starters. And Seattle gave them a four. So, yeah, it, it's look, it's a big haul. Matthew Stafford was acquired now, under two first-round draft picks and a third. So Seahawks or the Broncos gave up a little bit more for Russell Wilson. But I'll say Russell Wilson, a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford, at least at the time you're talking about this past season. Kind of interesting, the owner sided with the GM and head coach versus the player. Yeah. So you look at the Seahawks, who now do have a first-round draft pick. I know General Manager Steve Kime had that little nugget or a little quip at the scouting combine that the Cardinals were the only team in the division without a first-round draft pick. That is now inaccurate. But he also said, I, I could appreciate what those teams have done because obviously the results have shown that. So the Seahawks coming up in April will have. Can, can you can they sell Drew Locke to the fan base? No, I'm, I mean, I don't. Geno Smith's there. I mean, well, he's a free agent. Yeah, you have Jacob Eason on the roster Ooh. as well. I don't think. Look, if you're going to go in with Drew Locke to give him a chance, that means you've drafted a quarterback, or you're looking to next year's draft class because you don't want to spend money on bringing someone else you in. You know, who I think would be a good fit there, Teddy Bridgewater. Why wasn't he a part of the deal? See, a free agent? I think I think Teddy yeah, Bridgewater's he, he, on my list of free agent yeah, quarterbacks. He is a free agent, yeah. So that's why he was not. Okay, well, so I, do you want Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke in the same, well, in the mean, same room again? They only throw 15 touchdown passes each, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drew hey, Locke, 0-3 hey, as a starter last Teddy Bridgewater last beat us a few years ago. Yeah, there have been several quarterbacks that have beaten the Cardinals <laughs> over the year. So, yeah. yeah. The Seahawks do have a first-round draft pick, number nine overall. They also have two second-round picks plus a third and two in the fourth, though one of those, and I haven't seen officially, though one of their fourth-round picks might have gone to Denver as part of this deal. Yeah, it was it was Russell Wilson in a four. Okay, and then and a then the fifth-round pick and a seventh-round pick. So they have seven total picks in this upcoming draft to try to build around. Now, look, Shelby Harris – I've always liked him. I've always kind of connected the dots with Vance Joseph as the Cardinals. Hey, Shelby Harris, someone on the defensive line, bring him aboard. Never happened. No offense is a good tight end. So At least two starters. They got something. Now, whether this deal over time in three, four years can be considered, hey, good for both parties, because right now the deal is completely one-sided. Whenever the star player goes, that's the team that won the deal. I saw the, the grade, though. They oh. they gave they gave Seattle an A and they gave the Broncos a D, and I I'm know. like how how because the Broncos want to win now yeah and then the next season because Seahawks aren't see winning that's now. how analytics the hall and and I get that now two ones two twos but that's an three. argument that's an argument MJ that have been five years what did the what did the Seahawks do with those first round picks those second round picks did they package them to get shocked. up something else I I mean B minus just because of how much you gave up. 
for a 33-year-old quarterback who's still going to play six or seven more years. I, yeah, I, I, honestly, I looked at it, I'm like, is that a D? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, let, let's hope it is a D for the Seahawks in the next several <laughs> seasons because – They gave them an A, though. <laughs> yes, based know, off I the hall because I'll give them credit. Yes, they got a lot. They did. Now, Russell Wilson's under contract for the next two seasons, this season and the following season, so yeah. that's why. Yet, you know, this is – again, we'll talk about the Seahawks all off season as far as what they did to their coaching staff. Only eight coaches returned the same role as last season. So, Pete Carroll – might have hit that button and blew everything up. Now he's doing it to the roster. Yeah, and San Francisco's had a lot of turnover too. But in the Rams, but Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan are still calling the plays, and they still have. Well, we'll see how Trey Lance makes out. I, I gotta think they're gonna try to bring in a veteran. The key is uh, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Marcus Mariota. You're starting to see some of these guys that were starters. Drafted high, trying to get back in into the to the equation. Now, uh, I, I I really believe when Brian Dable was hired and Joe um, uh, Joe Sham from the Bills that Mitchell Trubisky was going to go in there and compete. And Charles Robinson mentioned that yesterday. So I I think if from an ownership standpoint, you got to find out what you have in Jones. But there's 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 a back chemistry with the head coach. And, and the play caller. So, I mean, but Marcus Mariota would be interesting too. But I I, I think the next wave is Trubisky, Mariota, Jameis Winston, Garoppolo. Those, those are what we're dealing with right now. A couple other notes on the Seahawks. We mentioned Bobby Wagner reportedly is going to be released. Tyler Lockett now I've seen on social media by some reporters that he might be available as well. I what at, does DK Metcalf feel now without Russell Wilson as the quarterback? There's No, no, but I, I looked at Tyler Lockett's contract. I mean, it, I mean, this year it's not as bad, but it escalated. He just signed a huge deal. So, I mean, I mean, I – you don't replace Tyler Lockett. No. Just like Robert Woods, even though Beckham did a really nice job. You know, listen, DK Metcalf, he was spoiled all those years with Russell Wilson. I mean, that's that's the part of the business side. I mean, when he's going to force his way out, he's, he's looking to get a new contract. Bottom line, this is a great day. This is a great time for the Arizona Cardinals. Anytime your division opponent gets worse, because there is no one that can tell me right now that the Seattle Seahawks are better than they were 24 hours earlier. No way. Three-team race. And I would even put a big question mark, a gigantic question mark, next to the 49ers because no one still knows what Trey Lance is going to be able to do. I don't disagree, but they're going all in too, though, based on – you know offering those draft picks, I mean, maybe he's not going to take them to the promised land, but they run the ball well, and they got a really good defense. I mean, they, they got one of the best pass rushers in football. Um, you know, their secondary doesn't probably get enough credit. Um, their offensive line, I mean, you got one of the best left tackles in football, and Trent Williams, uh, Raheem Moser, Moser could go back there. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, 
the thing is, is if he's throwing the ball 35 to 40 times a game, that's not that's not what they did. They're going to have to go the Garoppolo route and hope that he can just protect the ball. But he's also got to protect his body. Yeah, if he's running 15, 20 times a game, he is not he going to not survive. He will not last. And it happened in that Cardinal game, and he missed games after that. He's going to be another RG3. Yep, ragdoll. And it's just it's not sustainable for players, you know, Regardless of how big, how strong you are, your body takes enough of those hits, it's going to break down. All right, so the next time you're going to hear from us will be Monday, right? Correct. So Monday is the opening of free agency. Legal tampering. Legal legal tampering. And then Wednesday we'll get announcements at 2 o'clock our time, 4 o'clock Eastern. The new league year begins at 1 p.m. Arizona time because this weekend, daylight savings time, but the – you know, the state of Arizona doesn't do the fallback okay, spring two forward, hours. So, Okay, so. 1 p.m. Now, the Cardinals are going to have to make some roster moves here soon. And that means, you know, some guys that are under contract, um, they're going to have to make some cuts to, to obviously create some cap space. I'm, and Roster I'm, moves and restructuring. Yes, and I, I'm surprised we haven't seen it yet. But, you know, usually, you know, like for an example, Andy Isabella asked for a trade, and they're going to allow him to go out and find a trade. I'm sure that a lot of these guys are going, okay, am I A, am I going to have to take a pay cut? B, are they restructuring or are they just going to release me? Because I remember when Bruce Arians and, and Steve Keim, when they came on board together, their first two moves, they released Kerry Rhodes and Adrian Wilson, and that was in the month of February. By the way, little nugget here, Mike Jarecki, because I have it written down in my calendar, just in the event that I ever run into our good friend A-Dub. But it was 2013 – on March 7th, that Adrian Wilson was released. It was March 7th? March 7th. Okay. So I thought so it was. So this dates in Arizona Cardinals history, March 7th, he was officially released. And that was a rough day for those two. They were crying. I had him on the radio, and man, he couldn't he couldn't hold back. And this is one of the toughest guys I've ever met. So, okay. So it'd be interesting. And I, you know, I, I definitely, you know, may, I don't know if Colt McCoy's in the first wave. I, I think, obviously, you reach out to the agent. Now, there could be opportunities out there if he wants to be a starter, but I still think, you know, it's a perfect spot for him uh, with Kyler Murray, and I think he's been a great sponge for him. I know Max Williams, I, I don't I mean, you want to make sure you take care of but the, the, the priorities should be Connor, Zach Ertz, and then, um, I, I mean, to me, that's the two priorities right now on offense. Um, you know, defense, we'll see what they do with Gardick. Um you know, I think Kennard and um, Jordan Phillips, uh, I don't think the the money they're making, we just haven't seen the production. And, and in fairness to Kennard, it's really because of lack of snaps. Priorities as far as overall free agents, because remember, there are 21 unrestricted free agents. Again, we'll see how many are inked before the new league year begins because the Cardinals are having these discussions. General Manager Steve Kahn mentioned that they are having these discussions with respects to Colt McCoy. And I would add Colt McCoy as far as those priorities. Yes. Now, I, when you talk about waves and dollars and all that, you know the big names are going to get signed and get the headlines in the initial wave, and then over time. But I would, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, within my own roster, as far as those 21 names, it is Zach Gertz, James Conner, Colt McCoy. I agree. I, I should have included him. I took, and, and again, I, I I don't know if it's going to happen right away, but you you like to check that box and just not have to worry about it. And again, selfishly, I'm. I'm conflicted because I don't know what the plan is, and I'm resigned to the fact that Chandler Jones is not going to be on this team next season. 
but that is a huge concern of mine, what this team does as far as rushing the passer, because if you don't have a pass rush, now all of a sudden you darn well better go out on the free agent market and pick up a number one and number two cornerback because those guys are going to be have to cover wide receivers, tight ends, running backs if you don't get pressure on the QB. Yeah, the only thing I can say is they don't play until September. I'm, I'm sure they have a plan. I'm impatient, MJ. No, I understand. I mean, I, I, I'm i wondering what the organization thinks of bringing Hassan Reddick back. He did not get the tag, and uh, Shaq Thompson took a yeah, – he restructured his contract. If, if I feel like they they gave Brian Burns a lot of money, and how much can you invest at that position? So uh, I'm intrigued to bring Reddick back if that's the case, and even a guy like Calais Campbell. 35 years old, still playing well. And that might be someone, if you don't bring a Corey Peters back, one of those veterans on the defensive line. And Corey Peters played a lot last season. I think more than he or the team wanted him to play. But I could see, if it's not Peters, maybe a Calais Campbell. And I think the Ravens want to retain him, though. Would be interesting to see. Hey, Carlos Dansby three times, Marcus (laughs) Golden twice. He this he put a bow on his entire career, three sixty, but you know, money talks and everything else walks. <laughs> Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As we continue not to move on from Russell Wilson, that's obviously the number one story across the National Football League. But before we kind of get into the new league year and free agency, some. Leftovers from the scouting combine, and I know Kyler Murray received a lot of the attention when General Manager Steve Kime and Head Coach Cliff Kingsbury addressed the media. And well, so I mean that got no problem with any of that as far as contract extension. But I found it interesting that unprompted, that Kime in answering one of those many questions about Kyler Murray and extending him, brought up some other third-year players that they would like to extend and specifically mentioned Byron Murphy and Jalen Thompson. Now, I would also add Zach Allen to that mix. And that was Kyler's draft class. And now, all of a sudden, do we see something with a Byron Murphy or a Jalen Thompson? Now, it's not going to be a lot of money compared to a Kyler Murray, but it does speak to what the general manager is looking at not only this season but years down the road and having seen enough of Murphy, Thompson, and again, I'm throwing in Zach Allen to say, hey, we want you a part of this team moving forward, whether you're a starter or a significant player receiving snaps on game day. I want to see more from Murphy. Uh, I think Jalen Thompson obviously passes the eye test. He's improved every single year. Murph got off to a great start, but he kind of struggled towards the end there. Um, obviously, Zach Allen, to me, is is the future of J- like J.J. Watt will be here, so uh, I had no issue with any of those guys, but I want to see more from Murph. But he's on his rookie contract, so they're not going anywhere. Murphy played very, very well at the start of the season. And then, like, seemingly everyone else on that roster, offense, took defense. Turn, they, they all took turns. They just not dropped off the face of their – but there was, a, there was a serious decline in production and, and, and play the second half of the season. And when, when we watched the playoffs – the teams that were successful, besides not winning or winning the turnover battle, their five-star players played like five-star players. The Cardinals did not get that down the stretch or in that playoff game, and it happened when they went to Carolina with a 13 and three record. All of the five-star players: Carson turnover six times, Larry dropped two first downs, Patrick muffs a punt. 
Philly Brown uh, was running circles around Rashad Johnson. Uh, Calais didn't play well in that game. Um, it's, it's it's interesting, and you know, I thought Carlos Dansby was he was on with the uh, 98-7, I believe, with Bickley and Murata, and he brought up, you know, you you just don't plan for it. You got to you got to accept it, eat it. But he said. Well, after we beat the Packers, we were on this high, and we go to we go to New Orleans and we get smoked. What I mean, knock Warner out of the game. Nobody talks about that. And then going to Carolina, I was there. Nobody talks about that. And, and, and the all or nothing. You, you see, some of those guys just like they knew, like Dan Marino. We may not get back here again. We were sixty minutes. Away, they were sixty minutes away from going to the Super Bowl. It happens, and it's just unfortunate when some of this stuff happens as far as you're going to have a bad game. And the Cardinals and the wild card round picked a bad time to, to have, have a, a bad, bad day. day. Yeah. And that's yeah. and the Cardinals back in the NFC Championship game picked a bad time to have a bad day. And and that's what we're going to be talking about to make sure that this team doesn't have another one of those bad days postseason. Regular season, it's very difficult to be up for an entire regular season schedule. But going back to Byron Murphy as far as his decline, 12 passes defensed, team high, but only four over the last nine games. And how about the interceptions? He finished with four interceptions. And, how many and most of those were in the first, first games. Yeah. So it's he wasn't alone. We're not picking on Byron no. Murphy, but this goes back to, again, what Kime had to say at the scouting combine a Byron Murphy, a Jalen Thompson, extending some of those young players in addition to a Kyler Murray. Yeah, and, and, and this is – and I know Kime will be the first to admit he has to do a better job when it comes to the draft, even though I always think it's a 50-50 crapshoot. You don't know. Um, you don't know what's in the chest between the years. But that that would be a nice draft class. I mean, because your whole idea is to try to extend these guys. Listen, teams like to retain their own players. They develop them. They have more intel on those guys than any other team does. And so you know that they're going to put the work in. Um, you know that they're going to be part of the core moving forward. So yeah, that that would be nice for just a nice draft class, and obviously it all starts with Kyler Murray. Piggybacking off Kime's comments about Byron Murphy, you look at what Kingsbury had to say when asked about the cornerback position. He mentioned Marco Wilson, quote, got better, did a nice job. Byron Murphy, quote, is a guy we like to move around, play inside, play outside, and so you'd like to find a couple of more pieces that you feel good about going into next year. Cardinals, I think, are happy, and maybe happy is even too strong a word, content with what they currently have as far as cornerbacks signed. But if Murphy, if you like moving him around, then you need to find a number one corner that's just going to stay on the outside, opposite Marco Wilson, and maybe add – two cornerbacks, one in free agency or two in free agency, and then also draft one or draft two, depending on how the board shakes out. Yeah, I don't like the word content. I, they, these guys got to get better. They, they, you know, put the work in. Get better. I mean, to me, it's work out and, and figure it out and get better. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it <sighs> – I mean, I, I think Marco Wilson, we thought Byron Murphy could be a quarterback one, CB one, but I do think they're going to have to draft a corner, and I would bring Alford back. I mean, I don't know what kind of market's going to be out there for him. Antonio Hamilton's more depth. You've got to get better with the front-line players. 
than the the back of the roster. You figure that out in training camp, and you know who's still available. Like they got you know some Breland and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean they're going to have to address that position. But I, I would bring Alford back, and then add another corner in the draft. Definitely, maybe in the first three rounds, because you know, I mean, depending what they do in free agency, edge rusher, um, corner, and wide receiver, you got to think of some priorities uh, based on what they do in free agency versus draft. As much as people focus on the draft and oh, the Cardinals need X, Y, and Z, you always say free agency will dictate what you do in the draft, unless someone drops to you that is just head and shoulders above anyone else at wide receiver and you already had several wide receivers, but it's a talent that you know that projecting you're going to have for several seasons and you can't let that player slip through your fingers. You have to draft them. But, again, uh, how this team handles free agency, uh, I'm now more curious because that will determine what happens at pick number 23. Now, when you're picking top 10, that's a little different. But when you're at number 23, you can not be a little bit more – aggressive but you can kind of just see how the board shakes out and and what the good teams do let, let's say i'll give you a hypothetical um Calais campbell they knew his contract was coming up so they drafted robert Kemdichi. so and and he was supposed to be a top five pick obviously he had some issues um you know falling out of a hotel room and everything else and so he drops a 29 so that's when you take a flyer on a guy where you know you're going to possibly lose him in free agency. So, I mean, Rodney Hudson's under contract one more year. I'm not saying you take a guard there. Uh, Calvin Beecham's under contract one more year. So you, you start to look ahead a little bit and fill that hole, but you don't do that in free agency. You do that in a draft where you develop them. Where you have control. For the next four to five years. Five years in the first round, four years after that, that you can, to your point, develop. And, again, sometimes – but you can't you can't have that mindset if you're picking in the top ten because those no. guys have to produce right away. immediately. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it like, again, free agency, you're trying, to, you're trying to add talent right away and retain your own players. But the draft, you can sit there and go, okay, um, like Christian Kirk, they, he was going to the final year of his contract. What did they do? They drafted Rondo Moore. And it was a need, even when they still had A.J. Green, you know. So you look ahead at certain positions because, you know, Christian Kirk, I, I think I can make this claim right now. I don't I don't think Christian Kirk and Chandler Jones are coming back here. Christian Kirk is beloved in this market, beloved by the media because he's a stand-up professional, always available. General Manager Steve Keim in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine asked about Christian Kirk. Quote, he's the guy that comes into the building every day, does everything right. So really, to me, that's a big part of my appreciation for what he brings to the table. Then he added this, create some of those mismatches with nickels and safeties, really good feet, really good foot speed, end quote. Sounds like he was given a scouting report. The first part of that almost was a thank you and a send-off. And then the second half was, you know, I really like him and I would love to see him again in this offense in his natural position in the slot. But to your point, that's what Rondell Moore plays. And if he is expected to have more of an impact within this offense, you can't have Christian Kirk. It goes back to our Jordan Hicks conversation. If you want Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons to play more and have more of an impact, you can't have Jordan Hicks on this roster because he's going to beat them out. He's going to show the coaching staff that he is better prepared, not from a skill standpoint, but from a football IQ standpoint and knowing where to be and what to do. 
Couldn't agree more. I mean, it's it's time for Zayvon Collins. I mean, hopefully um, he's been humbled. Um, I know he works hard, but it's, it's now it's about what's between the ears. You're going to have to call that defense, and he'll get some help from other players. But it's a big offseason for a lot of guys, including Zayvon Collins. One more nuggets from the scouting combine. A congratulations. Buddy Morris, the Cardinals strength and conditioning coach who just completed his eighth season with the team. Yes, he is the coach that has no sleeves. But in Indianapolis, he did wear sleeves because he was named NFL strength coach of the year, and the picture that was tweeted out did have Buddy Morris in sleeves. Now, they were short sleeves, but they weren't cut off at the shoulder. So congratulations to Coach Morris, and did you see what J.J. Watt had to do he tweeted out a video quote yelling strength coach of the year as buddy walked by and then you hear buddy in the background back turned just saying goodbye goodbye <laughs> so yeah it's uh well those he, are the those are the unsung heroes in that locker room yeah like i said special teams coach strength coach they know every single player they're not just look focusing on one side of the ball now the, um, the the thing is when we get a chance to talk to drew stanton and kyle van and bosch and other players, Larry speaks very highly of Buddy Morris. I mean, we don't get that. You know, you, we, we do we see it, but the fact that he's been awarded by his peers, that's awesome. But he's well-respected in here, and guys, they'll come out. They'll come here to work out. Dennis Gardak usually was working with the trainer, but when you get in the weight room with Buddy, he has, he has a plan for every single one of them, a, a different plan for every single one of those players. Did you recall or see – on the Manning cast during the regular season when Dwayne Johnson was on with Peyton and Eli, he told a great story about working out with Buddy Morris on a recruiting visit at the University of Pittsburgh because that's where Buddy Morris was for a long time. He was the strength coach at Pittsburgh. And, yeah, so the Rock – I'm dying to run into Buddy Morris and ask about that because – you have the biggest name in entertainment and maybe the biggest name recognizable face in the world right now and gave a shout-out to Buddy Morris on the Manning cast. Was that before the first tequila shot or the third one? <laughs> Fair point. Hey, I'm a big fan of the Manning cast. I'm looking forward to next season because you're going to have on ESPN maybe Joe Buck reportedly Troy Hickman, and then on the other channel, Peyton and Eli Manning. It's going to be a fascinating Monday night football watch and listen. How about, uh, speaking of television, how about Brian Greasy taking the quarterback's job? Saw that. His contract ran out at ESPN and now a, a part of Kyle Shanahan's staff. That's a commitment. I mean, because he does a lot of charity work. Now, obviously, traveling for Monday night football, we've seen these guys. you got to be out here on a Friday, probably get home late Monday night. Um yeah, that was interesting because um, he's 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 got a good found great foundation. I, th- I think it's for his wife, and um, but that that's a commitment. Um, but you know, he do- he knows the position. When you listen to him talk, he knows the position. So that could be a good sounding board for Trey Lance. I think it was a smart move, and maybe this is a crossroads and a, a pivot for Greasy. As far as you know, what I'm going to try my hand at coaching. I did the playing, I did the broadcasting, now I'm going to try my hand at coaching. So, And obviously the relationship with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, Brian Greasy, quarterback's coach, one of the nine new coaches that uh, Shanahan added to his staff 
So it's you talked about it earlier in the show, a lot of upheaval as far as coaching staffs are concerned within the NFC West. And that's the beauty of, of, of being patient and having stability because, you know, I, you know, the Cardinals didn't lose Vance Joseph. They, you know, sometimes you lose a special teams assistant and all that other stuff. But they're going to have the same staff here, and you know, obviously they're going to have to replace Brinson Buckner. We'll see if there's any other promotions. But to me, that again, I give Shanahan and and Sean McVay a lot of credit because you know that they're they're going to go as their team and their quarterbacks do. But here, um, you got stability, and nobody's trying to, uh, you know. Um, take somebody else's job they all kind of know their roles and I think it's important going into year four looking forward to next week when all of this speculation can start to materialize into either fact or fiction with respect to teams free agency and what moves might be coming down the road for the Arizona Cardinals. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.